Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. Hello, you badass people out there. I'm back and I've got so many things with me um, that I want to share with you over the next couple of weeks and months. Because after last season, um, with each conversation I had, I really noticed that there is a pattern of success that all of my guests share in common, even though each of their stories is completely unique. In fact, it's 10 things that have all helped them to create their personal success stories, no matter the hardship, no matter the difficulties, no matter the trauma that they have experienced, those 10 things were the ones that have helped them set up a life where they're, where they're finally able to embrace themselves, where they're finally able to pursue their life purpose and really make a good living off of that. So I call those 10 things the 10 secrets of thriving women. And I've put all of those 10 things for you um, into an ebook that I've created. So in the ebook, you will not only find out about what those 10 secrets are and what they really mean, but on top of that, I've added to each of those secrets um, a section with reflection prompts for you so that you yourself can identify, you know, where are you at with each of those things so that you can understand what it takes for you to get to that level of all those amazing women and really create that life that you want for yourself as well. So go check it out. Go to olgamuller.com slash podcast and download the ebook completely for free. So, welcome to a new episode of the Thrive Podcast. Today, I have a really nice, special woman with me, um, which I only met last year. No, this year. What am I talking about? This year. This and year, yeah. um, we've become friends. But Kelty McGuire is uh, originally from Canada. Uh, she moved to Germany uh, a little time ago. And Kelty is a clarity coach who helps small business owners get clarity and take action both business and in life. And Kelty has over 15 years of experience working with companies of all shapes and sizes as a sales executive, plus first-hand knowledge of the ins and outs of a running business. Um, first as a jewelry designer and now as a coach. And so her professional experience coupled with her natural intuitiveness, curiosity and background in psychology has helped her develop a unique ability to help others cut through confusion and find direction. And I'm so happy to have you with us today because um, when we first met, you know, and you told me about your story, I was like, wow, you know, this woman has already 
gone through so many things in, let's say for me, sh such a short period of lifetime. And um, I think you have so much experience that can help other women in so many aspects. So I'm super happy to have you with us today, Kelty. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, because the first time uh, we met and um, like I said, we exchanged a little bit experiences about, you know, what, what you've been through, what you've done and what I've did. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, actually you, you, you didn't start, you know, you never really had the attention to become a clarity coach. It's, I think it's fair to say that actually your path started out completely different and even jewelry design. Uh, wasn't in the picture at the beginning. So you kind of, I don't know, got, got into into those things step by step. And um, you even started out uh, in a completely uh, another direction, which is sales, becoming a sales rep. And so mm. why don't you take us a little bit, you know, back, back in the days, back in time, uh, and tell us a little bit, you know, how did your professional career actually start out? You know, how did all that happen? Yeah, it's, you know, actually, it's really been interesting the last year, because I feel like I've sort of been having a full circle moment in terms of all of the things I've done over the last 15, 20 years really seem to have culminated in what it is I'm doing now. So it's, mm -hmm. it's been interesting to see how that's all come to play. Um, in terms of my professional background, I so I actually studied psychology in my undergraduate degree mm -hmm. after starting a music degree. So I, I was actually starting as a classical singer. Then I went, I, it was a music school dropout, as I like to say, switched into psychology. And I gave some strong consideration to con continuing on with that, um, you know, pursuing graduate work, perhaps getting a PhD and becoming mm -hmm. a psychologist. But after I finished my, my bachelor's degree, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take a step away and make sure this is actually what I want to be doing. Um, because, you know, it's, it's obviously a long arduous undertaking to do mm. a PhD and I wanted to make sure that was the right path for me. So I started, I, I was actually working briefly in retail after university, um, you know, just trying to kind of make ends meet in Vancouver and figure out what was going to be next for me. And funny enough, I was working in a couple of different jewelry stores over that first year. So mm. keep that in mind because we get back to the jewelry <laughs> later. <laughs> um, and I, I stumbled into sales because I, I really didn't know what else I wanted to be doing at that point. And my father was actually a physician and he said to me, you know, why don't you consider becoming a pharmaceutical rep? And mm -hmm. I know this is a contentious job for a lot of people, but you know, the way he positioned it to me, as he said, you know, you get the chance to interact and educate physicians. It's a great job. You're personable, you know, you're a bit of an educator in that sense. And so I thought, okay, well maybe, maybe I'll pursue that. Um, but of course, not having had any experience in sales, the feedback I got from any of the companies I talked to was mm. we're looking for somebody either with a uh, life sciences background or somebody who has some extensive sales experience. And one of the companies that we love to recruit from are people who've worked for Xerox, mm. the photocopier company, <laughs> who actually who does a lot more than photocopiers. Um, so I actually ended up getting a job working for Xerox, which proved to be an amazing training ground for, um, you know, solidifying some basic sales skills, got me out into that world of B2B sales. And that's, that's where I started my career in sales. So that's the beginning. That's the beginning of the sales. And then from there, I, I essentially, I worked for Xerox for about two and a half years. I decided that I wanted to move somewhere new. So I moved to Australia one of the, Why not? the furthest places from Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, it seemed, it seemed like a, you know, beautiful kind of exotic, glamorous place to live. 
um, where I could still be speaking English. So I, I lived there. I was doing sales recruitment, so actually helping companies find and hire salespeople. And then after about a year and a half, I moved back to Vancouver, at which point I started working in media sales. So mm -hmm. I actually was working for two radio stations in Vancouver, selling advertising and promotions and so forth. So that, that's sort of like, that's the scope of my sales path. And yeah. that, you know, that spans about 15 years probably. And so in those, let's say in those first, probably four and a half to five years or so, Uh, going to Australia, coming back, you said you wanted to find out whether, you know, actually psychology <laughs> was the, the jam that you want to pursue. And then yeah. you ended up spending five years into sales. Did it ever, you know, get, occur to you, you know, this, this feeling of, hey, re I remember that <laughs> I, I was thinking about pursuing psychology, you know, did that ever come back to you? Or did you find like really a new, not a new passion, but really a new joy in, in doing actually yeah. sales? Oh, you know, I love sales. And I have to say, I think it's actually one of the most underrated professions because to me, it's the closest thing to having and running your own business. And yeah. I think that the skills we acquire in sales can be used in any industry and in any company, whether you're working for yourself or someone else. Mm. Um, it, you know, in terms of the psychology, it's interesting because the way I saw it, there was kind of two ways I could go. There was, um, you know, working in academia, becoming, you know, professor, having a lab and doing research. And although there's a lot that interests me in psychology. It was hard to think about really drilling down into like a very narrow segment of that field, which is typically what you need to do when you're, when you're doing research work. Mm. Um, when I thought about becoming a psychologist, I'm somebody who I consider myself to be very sensitive, mm -hmm. um, which is both a blessing and a curse. And when I, when I really, you know, tried to envision myself in this job and listening for, you know, call it eight hours a day to other people's struggles. And specifically if people were dealing with, you know, really dark, heavy things or, you know, severe yeah. mental psychological troubles. Um, I, I thought that that felt, um, it's, it felt like it might be too tough for me. So I ultimately, um, was very happy to, to pursue sales for many years. Mm. And what do you, what do you find in, or what did you learn from all that experience when it comes to say, like, what should everybody actually consider in order to sell successfully because I feel like when you actually start your business sales is the most important thing together with marketing but I think it's the one thing that most people struggle with and um where they where they are where they're finding themselves maybe in this trap of you know I don't want to be too pushy I know I have to make some sales to make a living but then I don't want to be pushy or I don't want to be aggressive or I don't want to you know be perceived in a certain way like What have you learned to be like really, um, to be very helpful in, in making make yeah. maybe sales become natural to you or, you know, really be successful with it? Mm -hmm. I think it's exactly what you just said, which is to be helpful. I mean, for me, because I started at Xerox and the training was always very, it was solutions oriented. So it wasn't about just saying, you know, here's a photocopier. It was mm. really about, you know, we were selling multifunctional devices and solutions that could help businesses be more efficient, make more money, be more productive, whatever it may mm -hmm. be. So it was really looking at, you know, is there an opportunity here to serve a client with a solution that will help their business and their bottom line or, or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. whatever their objectives are. So, you know, I've always seen sales as I, I really, I've always believed in the products and the companies that I've worked for. Mm -hmm. And I felt that I would never try and sell something to someone if I felt I was doing them a disservice. I mm -hmm. always believed in what it was I was selling and believed that was the right solution and the right fit. 
Um, so, you know, help, having an attitude of like helpfulness or like being able to serve the client is one, one shift for me that has really allowed me to, I think, excel in sales. Mm -hmm. Um, the other piece is really to look at that relationship piece because, you know, ultimately people buy from people and, you know, cultivating those relationships with people, it does become a genuine interaction where you care about the people you're selling Mm -hmm. to. And, you know, hopefully they care about what it is that you're selling to them and what it is you're offering. So emphasizing that relationship building has been super important. Um, And then I think one of the other big takeaways and one of the reasons I've been successful in sales is the fact it's really about persistency and consistency. Mm -hmm. So knowing the fact there is a lot of rejection and that sales cycles oftentimes, especially when you're selling big ticket items or when it's a really complex solution that you're selling, it can take months and months and sometimes many years. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have clients who I would be meeting with them or calling them or emailing them for years before the timing was right for Mm -hmm. them to consider buying what it was I was selling. So having that sort of persistency and that tenacity and then being consistent with it, you know, showing up every day, making the calls, doing the emails, setting the appointments. Mm. Um, you, you really need to have that commitment. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to try this for a week. And if it doesn't work, then I mm-hmm. give up. Yeah, I love that. I think those are very great points to consider. And um, you're right that I think the the job of a salesperson is oftentimes really under underestimated or underrated in that mm. sense. And did you ever find any difference in, you know, selling, you know, for a company where the product is already fixed and then starting with your own business and uh, having to sell for yourself? Like, was there any difference for you? Because I would imagine like so, like including myself, it's easy mm. to, to, you know, uh, to have a, a ready-made product and, you know, they, the company maybe tells you, you know, those are the advantages, those are the plus points, etc. But then having your own product mm-hmm. and uh, your own services and where you're like, I was thinking a lot of time, you know, I don't know if it's good enough. I don't know if it's, you know, gonna get the effect. And for me, it's a totally different thing, totally different story. So I was, I would be curious to hear your take if there was any, any challenge or any difference for you and how you maybe managed that in case you had any doubts for yourself. Yeah. I mean, certainly having doubts has, you know, has, has often or perhaps <laughs> always been a factor. Um, and there, there's just a deeper level of vulnerability when you're both selling your own product. And, you know, mm. in the case of the jewelry business, it was something that I designed, I created, I brought to life. Or, you know, in this case now as a coach, I'm, I'm effectively, you know, I don't want to say I'm selling myself, but it's like I am the mm-hmm. product. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, like I say, there is a deeper level of vulnerability and it is easier to take things more personally mm-hmm. um because you just you feel more involved and in you have something perhaps greater on the line mm-hmm. um I, i think when you're selling someone else's product or services it's, it's easier or it, it becomes easier to remove yourself from like the outcome mm-hmm. and to take things less personally if you do have that rejection if you do have objections um you know that said for me i think the way that i've built confidence in selling my own products and services has really been just cultivating, um, you know, my confidence over time based on the outcomes that I see, based on the feedback that I get Mm. Um, and, and to believe your customers. So if you as a coach have great feedback from somebody, they say that you've had a real impact on Mm -hmm. them, or, you know, they say that with with the jewelry business, every time they wear your pieces, they get Mm. compliments. They feel so beautiful. Like use that as evidence to sort of give yourself that support to know that what you're doing is valid and worth Mm -hmm. something. I love that. So 
is that what gives you would you say the certainty around around your product and services mainly this this feedback and the results that you're getting Certainly. I mean, I think when I was looking to start my coaching business, it was hard because I obviously didn't have that, uh, you know, there, there were no results there yet. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I looked at, you know, my aptitudes, both personally and professionally in the past and the positive feedback that I've gotten for people over time and, you know, my soft skills and the education that I have and so forth. And, and I have used that sort of, um, you know, I've kept that in the back of my mind in order to support my emotions and movements going forward. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's like it's partly just kind of like intrinsically driven. I, I mm -hmm. don't believe that we should only take uh, our self worth from what other people tell us or show us. Mm. But at the same time, if you are getting positive feedback, like you need to believe that you need, you know, we still sometimes tend to doubt ourselves. Well, somebody's just saying that or they're just trying to be nice. And, you know, I had that with my jewelry business. I would often say to my husband, like, well, you know, people are buying my stuff, but, you know, they're just You know, I'd, I'd say to him, you know, maybe my friends have just bought it because because mm. they like me or they feel sorry for me. And he said, you know what, your friends might give you like a five dollar donation for a charity run because I kind of feel sorry for you. I yeah. want to support you, but they're not going to buy a hundred and twenty dollar necklace, That's you know, true. repeatedly. Like, <laughs> they're not going to like buy gifts for all their friends and family, you know, or whatever it may yeah. be. A stranger is not going to buy for you because they they feel they need to like boost your your self esteem. So, I love that, and I feel that's where um, maybe. Maybe maybe I'm I'm leaning far out of the window, but I think that's what one thing that we women struggle with a lot is like not not seeing our worth, not seeing our strengths, you know, not mm. not allowing ourselves to really you know take it in, really feel it, and you know um, believe in those things. It's we always yeah. find a reason. I'm like, yeah, but it was you know circumstantial. This and that happened, mm. or you know we find some kind of ways to make it less when there is no need for it. A hundred percent. No, I totally agree. And I, I do think it's, you know, not to say men don't struggle with that, but I do in my experience think that's, um, or I've seen that to be more commonplace with women mm. and it's, it's, um, you know, it's quite sad in a way. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, even when we have successes so often, we don't stop to really recognize and savor and appreciate what it is mm. we've accomplished. It's just like, okay, let's just raise the bar and move to that next thing. Mm. And I think that's a very, uh, actually a very good, you know, thing to do and very necessary thing to do it maybe regularly to really, you know, just look back on, I don't know, maybe the last three months, you know, that you mm -hmm. had and just look at all the things that you have accomplished or achieved. And it, I feel like sometimes we, um, we push ourselves so much that it has to be something special. It always has to be something big, you know, the next big mm. thing, but just, just seeing for yourself, you know, maybe how many small things you got done in the last three months that are, you know, adding up, piling up to this bigger thing, you know, this yes. is a, a big accomplishment as well. So I find it a great exercise, you know, especially now, maybe in the beginning of the year um, to do that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Because I think that will give you like this boost of, you know, confidence and, you know, a little bit more, more inner strength, maybe that mm. we are sometimes missing. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I also think, you know, there's especially in business, there's obviously a lot of emphasis, emphasis put on, you know, revenue and profitability mm. and, you know, outward metrics, like how many likes you have or how many followers. But I think if we can start by looking at, you know, specifically in service oriented businesses, but anything we do, like how do we impact people on a small level? Like, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a positive comment, somebody saying, Hey, you know, I really love that podcast episode mm -hmm. that you did, or, 
um, you know, that, that comment or that, you know, question you posed really touched me at, at the right time. I needed to hear that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are wins as well. Yeah, no, most definitely. So coming back a little bit to, to your story, Um, so you've been then, or you've spent quite uh, a considerable amount of time in, in sales. And so what, what brought you to jewelry design? (laughs) Oh gosh. Going, going from this path of, you know, uh, you know, sales, different experiences around that topic. And then boom, here's jewelry design. How did that come into your life? Well, and it's funny you say, boom, here's jewelry design, only because I feel like most of the, the changes and pivots that I've made in my life, at least from outward appearances, mm-hmm. have, have kind of had that effect. People <laughs> are like, sorry, where are you moving? What are you doing? <laughs> where did this come from? Um, you know, and, and I'm somebody who like, I'll sometimes consider things for a long period of time. But then when I choose to act, it's very quick and swift and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes quite, quite impactful from an outside perspective. It's like, whoa, she's going for it. Yeah. So, um, the jewelry's the jewelry's kind of a funny one, and, and like I say, you know, I, I had worked for a couple of different jewelry retailers when mm-hmm. I finished school, so jewelry was something that I cultivated an appreciation for. It was something that I, I you know, certainly a, a passion of mine, or something that I enjoyed. Um, I love you know, beautiful gemstones and lovely accessories. And around that point, uh, when I started my business, it was actually 2011. I was feeling, I guess, somewhat disenchanted with my sales job. I you know, wasn't really enjoying myself in that role anymore. I was trying to question what was next for me. And I had always wanted to start a business. But I think for myself, um, I I guess I don't know if this is a misconception or if this is kind of like childlike thinking. But when I was young, when I thought about starting a business, it was always this idea that I had to invent something like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's obviously uh, great to go into the market with something that no one has ever seen or done or thought of before. But it's often not the way we start and run our businesses. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't invent jewelry. So, um, that said, I was, I was reading a book at the time. Um, when I was living in Vancouver, they had this like sort of city guide or magazine that came out that featured female entrepreneurs in the city. And there were three or four different jewelry designers in that book. And I remember being really captivated with their stories and the creativity and, you know, just kind of, um, I suppose it was maybe a little bit of, um, you know, dreamlike for me to think about being a designer. Mm-hmm. And around this time, so I was feeling unhappy in my job. I'm like reading about, you know, oh, other designers. I guess that seed had been planted. My apartment, or our, our apartment, I should say, my partner and I um, was broken into. And all of my jewelry was stolen. Because, you know, that's what people steal when they have home break-ins. <laughs> Money, jewelry, computers, you know, valuables. And obviously that experience in and of itself was... Um, it was upsetting and it was also a, a valuable lesson and a good check-in for me to really evaluate what I put importance on, uh, you know, mm. where I place value in my life. But when I started to luckily I had a so word to the wise, if you're mm-hmm. a renter, make sure you have tenants insurance because I know a lot of people <laughs> yeah. who are, who are owners, they own their condo or house, they have insurance, but a lot of renters don't think about this. I did have insurance. And so I had a, you know, somewhat sizable insurance payout. It wasn't huge, but well, when I started to think about, okay, you know, mm-hmm. no, so now I've got a bit of money. I can start looking at uh, perhaps purchasing a few new pieces of mm-hmm. jewelry because I have no jewelry anymore. I very quickly started to get this idea that maybe rather than buying jewelry, I could actually experiment with making some jewelry myself. Mm-hmm. So I went and I took a class in jewelry making at a store on Fourth Avenue, Country Beads. <laughs> I learned some basics of like wire wrapping and jewelry assembly, and I made my first pair of earrings. 
And following that, I made a necklace and I made another pair of earrings. And I think I was about three pieces in and I mm -hmm. thought, right, so I'm just going to start my own jewelry business. Why as not? As you do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, I just made three pieces. Hey, let me just start a whole business around that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty much what happened. <laughs> that's so cool. So, I mean, and maybe can you take us a little bit to, you know, your, let's say your inner situation when maybe in that moment, right before that moment, because I feel so many people find themselves in a, in a job that, you know, they maybe started out really passionate about or had this yeah. ideal. And then over the course of maybe a couple months or a couple of years, mm. it turned out to be a completely different story. And then what I see oftentimes happening is just, you know, people just settle. They just, mm. they're just thinking, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not very happy here, but you know, that's kind of like the, the corporate world is, or that's yeah. what a job is like, like, and so, um, they just settle and, and they yeah. never, they never even consider doing anything else because they're afraid of giving up the security or the certainty that they have in a job. So, you know, what also besides finding maybe this, you know, this joy in making and making the yeah. jewelry pieces, but what actually gave you, you know, the courage or the confidence to say, you know, I'm not happy here. Mm. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go yeah. and look for some other thing that I don't even maybe don't know yet what it is, what it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. And it's funny because around that time, I actually, I was looking at other opportunities and thinking what else I might like to do. And, um, you know, those were at, at that time, it was other jobs working, you know, other sales roles. Mm -hmm. Um, it's funny because I, I've just, I, I don't know, you know, if it's was my upbringing or something mm -hmm. that was instilled in me by my parents, but I, I just, I've never had the inclination to settle because I've always seen examples of the fact that, you know, people can be happy and joyful in what they do, that there is other possibility out there. And I just believe that that was available to myself. Mm. And that's not to say that it made it easy, but I think for me, like when there's been something that's captured my attention or where I've been excited about it, I really, I've pursued that curiosity. I've had like a very explorational, explorative, explorative, mm -hmm. I think it's the word I'm looking for, um, sort of nature and um, just thought, you know, let me just try this on, on for size. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I should mention, like, I ran my jewelry business alongside my, my, my day job in sales mm. for probably another four or so years. Mm. So, you know, I did the two alongside one another. And I actually found that having, you know, I, I never really viewed it as like a hobby or a side hustle. Um, I always knew that the jewelry business was eventually what I wanted to do full time, but mm -hmm. it really did help fuel me. And it also took some of this focus away from putting all of my eggs in one basket and mm -hmm. also all of my attention, all of my energy, all of my worry into one job because it, it didn't feel like the most important thing anymore. It's like, you know, I've got other fish to fry. I've got other mm. things that I've got going on. So, yeah, I love that because I think this is another misconception that we oftentimes have. Like, um, if you want to make, let's say those changes or shifts in your life, we, you, you oftentimes get this message, especially, I don't know, on the internet or on social media, you always have to go all in. It's like either yeah. black or white. So either your job or you go full in, in your business, which is not generating any money yet. And then yeah. you're, you're struggling with your day to day and, yeah. um, to also, you know, hang on to it to not to yeah. not let go because you started it and you have to follow through right so mm. um i love the fact that you mentioned you know you started it actually like on the side and yeah. um when was actually the moment that it became let's say your full-time gig 
and um what was even because jewelry, a jewelry business is a very different business than a coaching business or than a, mm -hmm. a sales business and mm. what were maybe some of the challenges that you encountered there that you maybe didn't even anticipate mm -hmm. <coughs> oh gosh so it was interesting because you know with the jewelry business and working full-time in sales i thought you know i want to get things to a place where I'm really making good money. And initially I had this idea that I wanted to replace my, my income that I was mm -hmm. making in my day job with the same sort of income in my jewelry business. And, um, it's certainly, I think feasible for people to do that depending on, you know, there's a lot of different factors. I think it depends on what your, you know, what your business is and how, you know, how much additional work and energy you have mm. to put in. And there's a lot of different factors, you know, if you have a team or whatever it may be. Yeah. But for myself, I realized that I was going to have to sell a lot, a lot, a lot of jewelry and like really grow quite large in order to make the kind of money I was making in my sales job. Mm. So then I set, you know, a secondary sort of objective that I settled on, which was I wanted to save up six months of after-tax income so that I had a bit of a, a runway, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, when I left, when I left my job. But it was interesting because after, you know, I was getting to that point and I'd had this money saved, I, I realized I would then, I don't know if I was intentionally sabotaging myself, you know, I would, I would spend it or I wouldn't prioritize mm. the leaving the job or I kept telling myself, you know, after this, after this quarter or after I get this commission payout mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, we had a couple of people go on leave or somebody had left and I thought, well, you know, I can't leave my sales team and my sales manager in this bad <laughs> position. So after there's been a bit of stability for a few months. And then it's like somebody else left. I'm thinking, oh God, now I really can't leave. Um, I also, you know, I had a really good rela relationship with my sales manager at the time. And actually one of, I, I remember there being two or three things that happened and it would have been, oh gosh, I want to say the spring of 2016, maybe it was, it was, two, you know, call it three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I had been away on holidays and I came back and, you know, you know, sometimes it, specifically if you're working for someone else, but even in our own businesses, you know, you're just kind of drained by anything, everything. And you go on holiday and you come back and you're feeling kind of rejuvenated. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm ready to get back into it. And then there's the times when you come back and you think I could have stayed away indefinitely. <laughs> like I just, I don't, I don't even want to be doing this. And I just felt so downtrodden and kind of depressed. And I remember I was having a birthday, you know, I was turning, I don't know, 34, 35, whatever it was. And I thought another year has gone by. Like I, I just remember having a mm. birthday and I'm still in the same boat. I'm still telling myself the same story. And I was humming and hawing and trying to decide, do I give notice? Do I not? How can I do this? And my husband turned to me and he said, you know what? I feel like the only reason you haven't give, given notice is because you're worried about disappointing your sales manager. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's right. Because, you know, this is somebody I really liked and respected. And we had mm -hmm. a nice friendship as well as him being my manager. But I thought, that's so ridiculous. Am I actually living my life for Mel? That was his name. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, why, why am I making this choice just because I don't want to disappoint Mel? Because as a result, I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling unhappy. And, you know, ultimately he's going to get over it, but I'm the one who's going to have to live with my choices. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I went in pretty much the next day and gave notice and I was, I was so nervous leading up to that point, but then I did it and it was like, okay, that was good. That was easy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I love the fact that you mentioned that. Am I living for, you know, for that person? Or uh, sometimes I feel like I, I, I noticed way too late. Well, yeah, let's say early enough, <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but, um, I could have noticed earlier, but that 
I was making a lot of my decisions just based on, you know, fulfilling other people's expectations. In my case, it was mainly my parents. You know, I mm -hmm. didn't want them to feel whatever bad about me moving away eventually or things like that. And sometimes we don't realize that all the decisions that we're making, like you mentioned, like, who am I doing this for, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I like to also, you know, always remind other people. It's like, you know, in the end, you're going to you're gonna have to live with the consequences it's nice that you're yeah. making those decisions however you don't even know if your decision is going to actually make those other people happy which is i mean just as a side note you cannot make anybody happy no <laughs> only the people themselves <laughs> can tried. make them happen uh, happy yeah but you know you don't even know what kind of effect it will have on those people and then in the end you are going to suffer with the consequences if mm -hmm. it is if it's going to be something that, you know, will eventually leave you unhappy or leave you in a situation that, you know, maybe is going to keeping you small or is, you know, just just keeping you in a situation that is not feeling like truly fulfilling to you. Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that you mentioned that. And it always sounds so easy. You know, you just went and made that decision. But, you know, I think it's also always important to mention, you know, just look at for for all the listeners you know just look at how many things kelty had gone through and how much you know how many years had passed by that stacked up all these emotions for mm. you to finally say okay you know you're right yeah. why am i doing this yeah. and uh, get you to the point where you're finally making that decision for yourself so it's not just I think it's not just an overnight thing or it's not just this, no. this one moment. <laughs> it's like a lot of a lot of year or many years adding up to that moment, you know? Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, it was the decision was a long time coming. And um, I like that you say, you know, it, it often does take time because when people think about you know, getting clarity and figuring out their direction or making that next move, I think they often wonder, you know, OK, so what's the timeline on this? And mm. and you know, it varies for everyone, but I always say that one of the main kind of like key pillars of finding clarity is, is just time. You yeah. know, sometimes even if we know what it is we ultimately want to do, um, I do believe that we need to act and we need to be decisive and we need to sometimes take that leap. But sometimes it just, we just need a bit of time. So I agree with that. So, and then how was your jewelry business endeavor? Yeah. Oh, gosh. You, know, <laughs> you said, OK, um, I'm out of here. And then yeah. there's a new chapter I mean, opening up. Totally. I mean, it was very exciting to start something new full time. You know, I, the jewelry business was not new, but I really felt yeah. like I could go all in. And um, you know, very quickly, I had that sense of like, I, I and, you know, I think I knew it when I when I quit my job, but that I would not be returning to work for anyone else in the future, mm. regardless of what happened with the jewelry business, or if, you know, I was to, to, to find myself on a different path in the future. Um, so I, I certainly, you know, I did see things start to grow and to gain more traction. And um, there was a lot of enjoyment in the business, uh, you know, for a long period of time. But I have to say probably, oh gosh, I guess it would probably be a couple of years ago now. So maybe like two plus years I lose track of all my timelines, <laughs> but partly into that period of running the jewelry business full time, I was starting to question if I still wanted to remain on this path, if, mm -hmm. if the jewelry business was what I wanted to do full time, if, if that was the business I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. And what answer did you get? <laughs> well, so then, then we start the next <laughs> chapter of my life. Yeah. So, you know, I continued doing the business for a while and I think it's tough when you consider a change, specifically when you're running your own business, because the question comes up is, you know, am, Am I, 
Am I going to be throwing in the towel if I stop? Am I not mm-hmm. doing this just because it's hard? Because it, you know, running your own business, it is often very challenging. Yeah. Um, it's not all, you know, rosy all the time. So, but and I started to have the realization that there was more things about my business that I did not enjoy than mm-hmm. that I did. Mm. And I also, you know, I was going through a lot of this in the lead up to the decision to move to Germany and we moved to Germany uh, just over a year and a half ago now. And I was able to set things up such that I could run my business remotely because I was able to have part-time help in Vancouver to help me with order fulfillment. And at that point I was getting some of the pieces produced and the rest could be done by my part-time assistant. But stepping outside of Vancouver and setting up a new life overseas, it really gave me pause. Like, okay, so what's the game plan now? Do I actually Mm -hmm. want to now base my business in Germany? Am I going to run this company in two different countries? Um, You know, where do I see things going? At that point, I felt like things had kind of stagnated as far as my growth, specifically in terms of like wholesale sales. Um, In terms of doing events here, like it felt like a very different kind of Mm. uh, market. And so there was, there was a lot to consider and to contend with. And ultimately what I, what I came to the realization of is that when I look to the future and the type of life that I saw myself building and creating and specifically having come to Germany and wanting mm-hmm. to have you know, potential location independence and flexibility yeah. and to be able to travel, I thought, I do not want to have a product-based business right now. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like there's certain skills that I have and certain things that I enjoy that I'm not able to fully explore in the confines mm-hmm. of this business. So I ultimately decided to close the business, <laughs> which was a really another really hard decision to arrive at. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say like, wow, because that takes some, you know, balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking, should I Lady say it? Should I not say it? Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it, it's it's a tough one because, like I mentioned, we like oftentimes we have this belief, like like you said, are are we are we gonna will it be like giving up? Mm-hmm. And like not be willing to go that extra mile or, you know, whatever story we come up with in our minds. Yeah. Or is it really like you mentioned, you know, I just don't see myself doing it and being really like brutally honest with yourself. Yeah. Th- that takes a lot of courage and a lot of balls. So, yeah. you know, what helped you to actually like manage that situation where you were having all those questions all of a sudden yeah. where you're where you you know you were confronted with a completely new life situation and mm-hmm. um you know managing your way through through all those kind of new new questions and maybe uncertainties also and ultimately in making that decision because it's not a, it's not an easy one you already have something going for you and then you know re- yeah. really maybe also facing the fact that you know Maybe this baby doesn't have any chance of survival, you know? Yeah. It's not easy. No, and and it wasn't. And, you know, I, I felt very stuck because at that point, I felt stuck for a few different reasons. One is I felt like, you know, I'd sort of made this commitment to the world that this was what I, what mm. I was doing. This was my path. Um, there's typically, you know, in the jewelry industry, there's like seasonality. So you're, you're constantly mm-hmm. developing and releasing new collections. So I was always thinking down the line. Um, I, I felt like I hadn't taken the business to where I had hoped or anticipated that it would be able to go. So I felt like I was failing, failing, mm-hmm. fa- failing, gone, <laughs> failuring. Uh, I was failing <laughs> yeah. or giving up. I like inventing new words, yeah. especially when I'm doing podcast <laughs> it, it happens quite frequently and it's, it's always special. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that was something 
really tough for me to contend with. And in terms of how I navigated it, um, you know, myself, I was working with a couple of coaches and Mm -hmm. it was really nice having somebody kind of reflect back at me and to be able to pose tough questions and to also call me out on my bullshit. Because Mm -hmm. I remember having one specific um, conversation with my coach and I said, you know, well, if I'm going to close my business, I can't do it this year because I've just launched new collections and Christmas is coming and this and that. And she looked at me and she's, well, I don't know. She looked at me around the phone. She, she paused and she (laughs) said, you know what, Kelty? She said, it's your business. You can do whatever you want. You're in control. And, you know, although intellectually we know that, I think Mm. it's so easy to like place the onus on someone else. And for someone to just say to me, you can do whatever the hell you want. It was actually, it was very freeing. And it also was like, okay, well now I've got to figure this out. So Um, I also in that time, like I did pose a lot of hard questions for myself. I did a lot of journaling. I really got reflective in terms of where I'm, why am I unhappy? Like why specifically is this not working for me? What do I feel like I'm not able to explore or do in this current business? And is there a way to either change that within the confines of the business or by doing something else? Um, and, and I think the last piece was, was kind of the mindset and, allowing myself to reframe and to consider everything I'd accomplished in a different light. So not to just simply look and say, okay, well, you were able to be in, you know, a hundred stores or to Mm -hmm. get to this um, level of profitability or whatever, but to redefine what success was and Mm -hmm. is, and to look at all of the things I'd accomplished and everything that I'd learned and recognize that this experience of running my jewelry business was not for waste. Those were valuable lessons. That was valuable experience that I would be able to take into whatever it was that I would be doing next. I love that because what I'm curious also about is I think after such an experience, I think it's fair to say that many people would actually, you know, just give up and just surrender. You know, they would probably be thinking, you know, this experience showed me that, you know, obviously Mm. I'm not made for business or maybe, you know, that um, maybe I'm not made for that or maybe whatever, I should just get back to my regular job and accept that it wasn't meant to be stuff like that, you know, but, but Mm. not you. And so even though you mentioned that before that moment that you uh, told your manager, you know, you knew that you didn't want to go back to a a job, a regular job, Mm -hmm. you know, after having having passed this experience um that you just mentioned you know what helped you to actually draw a different conclusion out of it or what conclusion did you drive actually out of it yeah i i think for me i felt like i had done enough right or well and like i say looking at the evidence and looking at everything i'd accomplished mm-hmm. i did believe that i still had you know the chops so to speak mm-hmm. to be a business owner And I also think, you know, my entire life, I've never viewed things as like an all or nothing scenario. And even when I had my jewelry business, I always would tell people like the jewelry business is sort of a vehicle for me to have this independence and flexibility and to be able to connect with people and be creative. I really don't believe that it's so much about what it is you do. It's more how you do and why you do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'd never seen the jewelry business as something that I would necessarily do forever. Just like, I don't necessarily know if I'll be a clarity coach forever. I recognize Mm -hmm. that this may take a different shape. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just knew I wanted to and had to keep going in, you know, being my own boss and running my own business. So I'm pretty stubborn. I'm a Taurus. So <laughs> if that you helps. Star signs, you know, that's, that's the stubborn one. That's, that's the bullheaded one. <laughs> 
Uh, as a Capricorn, I can't understand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so then, you know, you find yourself yet in another situation where with a lot of uncertainty, basically. Right. Yeah. And um, I think I think like most at least the people that I know or I have met so far, I think most people would go crazy with such an amount of uncertainty. You're in a new country. You just left yeah. the business that you, you know, you had the idea of really pursuing. You gave yeah. it up. And um, like now what? So like, what do you think is actually and, and you're super, you know, you always seem like so super laid back and tranquil <laughs> and, you know, I'm like wondering, you know, what it, what do you think is giving you this inner tranquility or ability to deal with all those uncertainties and setbacks? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's partly just my perspective and viewpoint on life, which I don't look at it as, you know, certainly I maybe considered certain things in my business to be setbacks, but I, I didn't, I don't, I don't look at the uncertainty. I don't look at the like, Oh, what if all the bad things that could happen? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure I do sometimes I'm like a natural worrier and I, I'm glad <laughs> you think I'm, I'm tranquil because, you know, I actually struggle a lot with, with anxiety and, you know, worrisome thoughts and so forth. Um, but I, I, I think I just look at the potential. I look at, Hey, the world is my oyster. There's so many things mm. I can do. And of course that was a daunting feeling because then it was like, well, what the heck am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. But, um, Yeah, you know, I, I also like I look at the things that do ground me and the constants in my life. And I've got very supportive family. I've got wonderful friends. I have a wonderful partner. And, you know, moving to a new country, for example, it's like home for me is more of those relationships that I have mm -hmm. with people. It's not so much about where I am. And I also have really tried not to define myself by what it is I do. It's more how I am as a person. And so that doesn't change regardless of what it is I'm doing. So I actually, yeah, I, it's funny because the things I tend to stress and worry about are often laughably for many people, you know, the, the small little things and the big stuff. I just, I just kind of roll with it. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah. Because but I mean, at least, you know, it, it always seems like, you know, um, You, in my opinion, right? Um, and I could be totally wrong. Maybe I'm completely misleading, but um, it just seems like you are looking at, you know, what to do next. And it's, yeah. it's, it's it never seems like it's uh, causing you any kind of, you know, huge stress to, yeah. to, to not necessarily know what exactly it is that you're going to do next. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's a really, you know, admirable gift that you have. Yeah. Just to stay like calm in those situations and focus forward. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to paint the picture that it's been easy because certainly there's been many days and nights where it's like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? And I'm mm -hmm. such a loser. And I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be like a bag lady out on the street and, and so forth. But I, I think like one of the exercises that was really important that I did when I was going through this transition and closing the business and trying to figure out what I was doing next is mm -hmm. I really did work to like, like, on paper, write down and to look at where are my strengths? You know, I mentioned this mm -hmm. kind of building this case for myself and looking at the evidence to say, you know, worst case scenario, I know I can go get another sales job. Mm -hmm. I know I can be an asset to another business. I know, you know, I know that I have something that I can fall back on. So mm -hmm. I think that makes it less scary. Um, yeah, I, I suppose I have kind of this, uh, 
innate confidence uh, yeah. that that. I have the ability to to make my way through be, because I've made it up to here. Like I'm, I'm here. I am <laughs> here. Yeah. You are. Like we're all here. So we've made it so far. Yeah. And um, so, what do you think? Looking back um, uh, on your first, let's say, business adventure, what were maybe the most valuable learnings about actually starting and running your own business? Um, you know, and what were maybe some of the takings that or learnings that you're taking with you that you took with you into your new yeah. business of clarity coaching? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I certainly think there's a lot of practical things and mm -hmm. skills that I learned that have made it. I don't want to say I've been able to get the business up and running quite quickly, but I think, you know, obviously I, you know, I'm still building up clientele and like figuring mm -hmm. out the direction I'm going in and so forth. That stuff takes time. But I learned about, you know, how to curate my social media feed and mm. I learned how to write and produce content and I learned how to connect with people via email. So like there, there were a lot of like very um, transferable skills that mm -hmm. I learned that made it easy for me to kind of get up and running with this business. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like it's we often don't know what we know, you know, once once we know it. It's, so there, there's so much I've learned about running a business and connecting with an audience. And I, I think actually probably a lot of the skills and the learnings are, are things that I that go even back further to when I was in sales. Mm. It's really having that persistence, having mm. that tenacity um, and just that willingness to keep moving forward, even when things might feel really difficult. Mm. Do you think there was any like big a uh, shift in your mindset through that experience in, in deciding to close my jewelry business or in in running like through the experience of having yeah. having okay. had your first business maybe it mm. was you know just starting out just by doing it or maybe at closing it was there mm. maybe there was there wasn't i don't know but i'm just curious you know maybe uh has it helped you to shift anything yeah um on the side of your beliefs when it comes to mm. maybe about yourself, maybe about having a business, something yeah. that you were able to, you know, shift in a positive sense. Yeah. I think for me, it was really the realization or the feeling that nothing is for waste. So, hmm. I, you know, I, I had this beautiful thing happen where when I decided to close the jewelry business, I really felt strongly that I wanted to end on a high note and I wanted this change to be something that was positive and exciting for me mm -hmm. and for my clients. And, I've seen so many businesses, you know, of all sorts, but I, I saw a lot of product-based businesses and other jewelry designers who would just kind of like wither away in the background. So it's like all of a sudden they just mm. stop sharing or posting or, you know, they wouldn't launch a new collection and they just kind of would like disappear if, mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for lack of a better word. And for me, I wanted to take a stand for this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm making this change. Um, at that point, I think I was still sort of fuzzy, but I actually think I, I really come to terms with what I would be doing next, um, which doesn't happen that way for everyone. It's kind of just coincidence, sort of, that I was able to know, mm -hmm. okay, this is my next step. But I really treated it as a celebration. And so when I had my closure, one of the big worries I had is I was sitting on a huge amount of inventory that I'd had produced. Mm -hmm. I had spent very heavily in my business, you know, marketing and PR and uh, production and so forth. And so I had some uh, business debts that I was looking to pay off and I had all of these pieces of jewelry. And that was one of the reasons I thought I can't close. I'm just in too mm. deep. How am I ever going to move all of this product? But I put together a really fun kind of closing celebration and sale. And I planned a lot of events and like, I just, I went hard. You know, I told 
everybody. I called in favors. I asked for people to share. Um, and it just went amazingly well. I had such a killer, you know, six weeks of closing in terms of sales. Mm -hmm. I had such great feedback from clients who'd been buying from me forever. I, you know, I, I was doing a couple of events. I went back to Vancouver to close the business and I just had this beautiful feeling of, I am on the right track. This is where I am meant to be. Mm-hmm. And that everything I've done so far has led me to this point. So I think to realize everything I do, you know, regardless of whether it feels like it's working well or it's not, or I feel like I'm stumbling or it feels clunky or whatever, I do have to keep that in mind. And it's not always easy, but to think, you know, this is a journey I'm on. And when I say I've had this full circle moment, it's not even like, okay, now I'm here and this is the end of the story. Things will continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And I love that, you know, just, I think reframing and, you know, shifting that situation, you know, looking at it from a different angle, like you mentioned, is so beautifully. And uh, definitely one one of the things that really pops up repeatedly um, throughout the podcast um, is really this power of reframing. And instead of, mm. you know, you like, you know, just, okay, I'm closing, you know, and like you said, just, you know, disappearing from 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 the surface maybe silently you you take the opportunity and you make it a celebration I really love that Mm -hmm. yeah it was fun it was a lot of fun and so um now you're a clarity coach yes I am (laughs) (laughs) how did that happen (laughs) you know um I mean because you know I feel like for many people when maybe when they find themselves in those situations, you know, they're so frustrated. They feel like so stuck in a situation they don't want to be in yet at the same time, they have such a difficulty at finding that purpose or finding Mm -hmm. that passion in, in air quotes or finding something where they are, you know, that just lights them up inside because you can tell when people are talking about something where you feel like, Oh my God, you can see it in their eyes or you Mm. can see it in their smile, you know, and to find that thing for them. And so you you basically already had now the the third, and sometimes we're stuck in this idea, you know, it has to be one thing. And yeah. you can't change. <laughs> so yeah. you're already, you know, with your third thing. But so what has helped you to actually, you know, find that for you? What is something yeah. that maybe even, you know, people can do for themselves when they do feel stuck in that situation and where, where they're actually longing, where they have this desire of, you know, finding something, um, for themselves, but they just have no freaking clue what to, where to even start. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely say that just sitting there and ruminating on what should I do and thinking about it is, is, it's not typically going to take you very far. Um, (laughs) you know, that said, there is some self-work you can do. And, you know, I always say that cultivating self-knowledge is really the best or one of the best ways to like make decisions and choices and to find your way in life. So looking at what am I interested in? What am I curious about? Um, what do I want to learn more about? Uh, for me, it was looking at when do I feel energized? When am mm-hmm. I excited? What parts of my jewelry business have I really enjoyed? What have I felt that I'm lacking? And so, you know, things that came out was like, I need to be connected with people. You know, mm-hmm. having this conversation right now, this lights me up so much. And I know the energy it gives me, I will take into the rest of my day and the rest of my week. And that was something I felt I was sorely lacking in my jewelry business is having these sort of in-depth conversations and connections with people. Um, 
you know, I looked at subject matters that, you know, that kind of piqued my interest. So, um, decision-making is something that I've always, like many people been stuck on and thought, Oh God, you know, how do I make a good decision? Mm-hmm. I get hung up on making choices. How do people actually decide? You know, I, I asked myself that question one day and I thought, well, you know, let's, let's look into this. Mm-hmm. Let's figure it out. So I went and ordered a, you know, six, 10 books on Amazon, all about the topic of decision-making, you know, from a business strategic standpoint to using your intuition. And I started delving into that and thinking about it. And so for me, it wasn't so much, okay, what, you know, what's my next career move, but Mm. what are some of the things that interest me? When am I excited? What kind of conversations light me up? What do I want to learn more about? Um, And then I, I, I knew I knew a few things. So I, I think it's easy for us to focus on what we don't know. But if we can focus on what we know um, or what, you know, sometimes what we don't want. It's like, I don't know what I want, but I know what I don't want. Mm-hmm. And I knew for me, I wanted to be working with people um, in probably like more of a service-oriented capacity. So I didn't want to be selling a physical product. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to have more connection to what it was I did. I knew that I probably wanted to work with business owners and entrepreneurs because that's a, an area that I've had you know, personal experience in and, and that excites me and interests me. I talked to people that I felt could, you know, see me clearly and accurately. I I think when we ask for people's opinions, we need to be careful to talk to people we trust and people who understand Mm. what it is we have done or what it is we might like to do. But I ask people like, what do you admire about me? What, Mm. what, what could I teach you? If there's something you could learn from me, what would that be? And I started asking business owners, you know, what are you struggling with your business? Where do you need help? What are question mark areas? And so I considered a few things, you know, I thought, okay, I like writing, maybe I want to do copywriting or help people with their brand messaging. But mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have enough of, um, of a punch. I guess, an, an education. It, oh. like, I wasn't as excited about it. And I also felt like, you know, well, okay, well, I, I don't really have like a technical know-how in writing. And I guess I could learn. And But I was, you know, I had uh, one of my coaches, who's a friend of mine, come to me and say, hey, you know, would you be able to maybe help me with a copy for my website? And I um, you know, I'll do some, I'll do some coaching for you in exchange. And that was a good opportunity for me to mm-hmm. kind of try that on for size, see what that process looked like, see if I enjoyed it. And, mm. you know, although I love my friend and my coach dearly, I, I didn't really like that process. I thought very quickly, this is not something I want to be doing, but I think by getting experimental and test driving things, as opposed to going all in and me all of a sudden saying, okay, I'm going to be a copywriter and yeah. like putting up my sign for business. Um, I was able to kind of navigate my way that way. And through all of these conversations and through all of this, um, you know, experimenting, I, I essentially just kind of had this light bulb moment one day where I thought to myself, you know, talking to business owners and them sort of saying, well, you know, I don't know what the next move is for me, or I'm thinking about, you know, opening a store for my clothing line, or, you know, we're trying to figure out, um, you know, do we bring on a full-time staff member, whatever it may be. I realized so many of us in both business and life get to this point, and it was a place that I'd been in and struggled with over the last, in you know, the previous several months, where we just do not have clarity. We don't know what's next. We can't see the forest for the tre- for the trees, through the trees, whatever yeah. the saying is. I always screw up my sayings. And if we could just get clarity, we would then be able to take those steps mm-hmm. to action that. And then the other piece I saw is, you know, there's also the people who say to me, oh, you've started a business. That's really cool. I've got this idea, but I don't know how to start. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. you've moved overseas. I've always wanted to move to, you know, London, but I don't know how to begin. So I thought, you know, we need to get, get clarity, but then we need to take action. That's the other piece. And it it literally was just like, I snapped my fingers and I thought clarity coaching, get clarity, (laughs) take action. Mm -hmm. And the idea was born from there. This is, it's how it sounds 
so simple. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> but fuck that that I I feel like finding clarity or becoming conscious, becoming aware of who you are, what you want, all of those things. I think this is the like you mentioned, this is the most important thing that one can do for oneself to mm-hmm. um really improve your life situation to really uh you know design the life that you want and really like you also mentioned take action on it because when you don't know you know where you want to go how the hell are you gonna get there totally Uh, and it applies to everything i mean we can look at a relationship yeah like you can just go out there and date whoever but you know the more specific you can be and i i I don't know what it was like for you before you met your husband but like i was very much like you know i i want to meet somebody who has these values and who um you know is this type of person and and i'm not talking about being so rigid like oh he needs to be blonde and six foot Mm. two um i think that's where people trip themselves up but to also be very specific and to say like you know, we talk about settling earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like to say like, no, this is what I'm calling in. This is what I want. And this is what I'm going after in any area of our life. You know, how much money do we want to save for retirement? And like, what does that mean in terms like we, we need to be clear on like what it, the what before we can figure out the how. Yeah. And the, the, it is such a long process. It, like you said, you have to get first, you have to give yourself time because this will take time. Mm-hmm. And um, for me personally, also, I made this experience that just I, I basically just used the two years that I was on maternity leave and uh, I intended to start a business. I used it just for that to really become clear about, you know, some of, you know, who who I am, what I want, all those things. And it takes time. But, mm-hmm. you know, it really is how this the saying says clarity is power. Mm-hmm. And when you don't mm-hmm. have that clarity, you can't take action on it. On anything yep. really 100%. or you you end up taking low quality action on things that will just make you more more frustrated more unsatisfied that will yep. just add up to more of the same that you don't like already totally and more confusion yeah yeah so where do you want to take this business now Oh, good question. It's funny because I've had so many people ask me that in the last week or so. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing it. I mean, the universe I, is know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. And, and it's funny, I guess, you know, I need to be very clear on it, but you know, at this point I am clear and it's really about cultivating those relationships with clients who are, you know, seeking to get greater clarity direction in their business. And it, it's not always in terms of the way I help people. It's not always like, okay, what do I want to do with my lip, with my life? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's, that's a piece of it, but it's really about continually bringing ourselves back into alignment and ensuring that we are growing our business and our lives very intentionally and ensuring that we're doing things for the right reasons for our own reasons, not mm-hmm. just because, you know, growth for growth sakes or because that's what, you know, society demands or whatever it may be. So you know, working with clients on a one-on-one basis, um, I am bringing on new clients. So, you know, continuing to grow in that sense, um, in the future, perhaps we'll look at doing some new offerings like a group program, coursework, et cetera. But right now with my business, I'm really just trying to get out there and connect with as many people as possible and have those conversations to look at where there's opportunity to help and to serve, to share ideas. You know, I love posing questions that people can ask themselves and trying to be of help where I can, even for people who aren't working with me so that people can start to have greater clarity in their businesses and their lives. That's awesome. So if there was one message that, you know, you could, um, you could share with all women on the, in the world, like this message would go directly into their subconscious mind. (laughs) 
that that's the impact that it would have what is oh, something God. that you would like every woman to know out there about themselves about life about whatever it is that you feel is important so many things but the, the first thing that came to my mind is like just fucking do it do the thing and if you don't know what the thing is figure it out because life can be as good and as beautiful as you want it to be it really can I think so many people sell themselves short and they tell themselves stories well you know that's not possible because I have kids or you know mm -hmm. I can't do that because I'm limited in this way or you know that's okay for other people but not for myself no mm -hmm. that's total bs <laughs> you know I, I if I could I would light you know, maybe a literal fire under everybody's butts. <laughs> that thing that you've been thinking about or that urge, maybe you don't know what the thing is, but the urge, the feeling that you want to chase, mm -hmm. the, the more that is out there, just get going already. I love that. And um, for yourself, on the other hand, I call this the three nuggets of wisdom. Oh, God. If you could... <laughs> Don't worry, it's not that I'm bad. I'm out of wisdom. That's it, <laughs> Olga. We're done. <laughs> no, I, I still see something inside there. But no, I mean, what would be three things, like after everything that you've been through, that, you know, you would like six-year-old Kelsey to know about life about, <laughs> or about herself? Um, hmm. Things that she maybe doubted for a long time or struggled with. What is it? What would be three things that you would like her to know? Six-year-old Kelsey. I would just tell her, you know, be yourself because you're awesome. <laughs> just be unapologetically you. I would tell her all of those things that you dream about and that you can imagine will become reality because they are. I mean, so many things that I just had like just a in a little corner of my mind, le learning a foreign language, living overseas, traveling, like I've done all those things and that And that you, six-year-old Kelsey, have the power mm. to make that happen. What would be the third thing? I was going to say I've got one more, don't I? Yeah. I would just tell her, soak it up and don't worry so much. And it's the same thing I'm going to tell 37-year-old Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> soak it up. Don't worry so much. I love that. So, Kelsey, how can people, you know, find you, work with you, If they want to get more clarity in their life, in their business, you know, yeah. if they would love to work with somebody who can help them with uh, those things, where can they find you? Yeah. So I have a new website that we'll be launching in just a couple of short weeks. I'm not sure when this episode will come out, but um, uh, at the very least, there'll be a holding page there. So it's uh, my name, KeltyMcGuire.com. Um, they can search Kelty McGuire on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and they'll find me there and keep up with me there. Um, you know, typically speaking, if you are interested in working with me, we can always book a call for the two of us to um, hop on Zoom and chat about what that might look like. Amazing. So everybody go out and check Kelty McGuire on social media, um, on her website, keltymcguire.com. And, you know, Let her help you out if you feel that you don't have enough clarity about, uh, you know, where it is that you're currently at. And um, thank you so much, you know, for sharing so many insights and so many learnings with us. I feel that, you know, there were really great takeaways, many learnings. And I always feel like, you know, why I think or better said, like we don't need to all make the same mistakes 
Like mm, we yeah. can we can learn from each other. And so I find it really very valuable, you know, the experience that you've shared with us today. And I hope that it will help a lot of, you know, other women out there um, in their pursuit of what makes them happy. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning into the Thrive Podcast and spending your precious time with us. If you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too, please share it with your network, friends, and family. I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash thrivepodcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.